What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, at long last, it is now time, finally, for the top 40 albums of the year 2021. Under normal circumstances, I like to do the top albums of the year that we were in as soon as the ball drops for New Year's, do it right at the beginning of the year, but a lot of weird things happened to me in the last few months, notwithstanding even the beginning of this year especially, but I did it, I made it, I finally finished ranking the top albums of 2021, I'm sorry it took me this long, man, it's weird, under some circumstances I may not have even finished it sooner than this. Man, a lot of weird shit going on. I started a new, new job back in December. And as soon as we got back from Vegas at New Year's with all that weird shit that happened, I talked about that on the show. So I literally fell at work, got hurt. I nearly, I damn near broke my arm. And then like a few days after that, while I was trying to recover on the arm, my back fell out like really bad. Like I thought that I had a herniated disc. Turns out I don't, but you know time will tell on that one but i'm on the mend and being laid up and being bedridden the last few weeks actually got me through the, all the albums that i wanted to listen to from 2021 so tried to weave something good out of the bad all that kind of stuff all those cliches but i'm here let's do a damn countdown now of course before we get to number 40 i'd like to talk about a few of the also rands the good and the bad you want to come along with me on this okay it'll only be just a little bit worst album of the year let's just get this one out of the way worst album of the year I'm just going to make it official. KK's Priest. Man, what an embarrassing album that is. That's like one of those albums that's like, it's so bad, it's like someone is making fun of heavy metal on purpose. And Rip Rowans, anytime he's associated with Judas Priest or otherwise, he sucked then and he sucks now. And hang your head in shame, KK Downing. Just pissing on your legacy with that horrible, horrible excuse for a record. Hated it. All right, I got some of the venom out of the way couple of the albums that I'm surprised didn't make the top 40 that underperformed. That would mainly be two people that always seem to be on the countdown, and that would be Doug Pinnock and Alice Cooper. Man, disappointing those albums. I'm sorry to say, that's how I feel. Albums that were like three quarters good that I enjoyed okay, you know, pretty well. Like, I, I, I'd recommend maybe a roll through them with a handful of songs. Brian Setzer, Duran Duran, Dirty Honey, Offspring... Lindsey Buckingham, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Dropkick Murphys, Melvins, ABBA, Blackberry Smoke. Albums that 
overperformed that I'm surprised didn't make the countdown. As far as like, you know, overseeding expectations, that would be Billy Gibbons, who, yes, I'm a ZZ Top guy, but I'm not big on Billy's solo stuff so far, but this one actually surprised me. It's pretty damn good. Way better than the last one, that Cubano-based solo album. So go check out Hardware by Billy Gibbons. Also, I like the Mammoth WVH. It didn't make the top 40, but I liked it better than I thought I would. Giving him a little bit of a pass, and I hate to say it, I don't like Distance. I don't think it's a great song. I'd rather watch the video and get emotional about it than hear the song on its own. The Red Fang album, Arrows, very, very good. Just missed the countdown. Also, Lordy, I always give Lordy a shot. Lordy Versity, Super Flytrap. They did basically a disco rock album, which I wanted to put it on the top 40 kind of on principle because it's a disco Scandinavian metal album. And it's fun. It's neat, but not quite in the top 40. Probably my biggest surprise that didn't make the top 40 that I really enjoy and I will listen to again was the latest Halloween record. It's a self-titled album just called Halloween. I really enjoyed that. Now, that being said, I listened to it after I listened to a bunch of bad metal records, including KK's Priest. So maybe it coasted in spite of that, but who knows. But I liked what I heard initially, so go check out the new Halloween self-titled if you haven't heard it yet. Okay, I think that's it for the runners-up. Let's get to the music. I'm going to try to do a decent deep dive for you on each album because I consider these the most important shows of the year. So let's do it. Okay, this is the one I waited for all year and maybe you waited for all year as well. Coming in at number 40 is the 14th studio album by a perennial favorite here on Rock Strikes 10. We never fell off. For the most part, we never fell off. Weezer with their album OK Human. I'm going to hit the wiki notes just for the uh, dates and all the, you know, all the Dr. Stat stuff. This album came out right at the beginning of the year here on January 29th, 2021. Produced by Jake Sinclair, who I like him being a part of the Weezer family because he was responsible for their last truly great, great album before this, which was the White Album, you know, the Weezer self-titled White Album. That thing is brilliant. So hope he stays in the fold for the most part. Yeah. So good on you, Jake Sinclair. So I'm just going to kind of go through, if I read anything about these albums, I was going to do the countdown without going through the wiki. Like I said, I just like to use the little box. So closing the window down now and going off of my memory here. So this album is kind of a product of the pandemic in a sense. And then it got released sort of sooner than later-ish. Actually, that timeline's kind of weird. Okay, so what I do know that they have been working on this specific album for a couple of years prior to the release. I think they worked on it on and off for about two years from what I remember. So they were finishing it up finally. And it even dropped the the Black album, which I didn't like. They dropped that one out between the OK Human sessions. So they're, they're just always working. Rivers Cuomo is like an overproductive psychopath as far as like putting out music. Not Robert Pollard's psychopath, but he's close, you know. Tortured genius and all. But yeah, so they put out the Bad Black album, but they were still working on OK Human. They were finally going to put it out, and then, from what I understand, they got the tour booked for the, the stadium tour with Green Day and Fall Out Boy, the one I went to with NOLA. And so they basically shelved OK Human for the time being and started working on the Van Weezer album, which came out later in 2021. You might hear about that later on in the countdown, so stay tuned. So the reason they did that is because OK Human is kind of, you know, more of an introspective album. And from what I remember reading interviews by Jake Sinclair, he was trying to get Rivers to channel even more Brian Wilson and Harry Nilsson and stuff like that. So it's not quite the material that the band felt would be well suited for touring in a big stadium, you know, a big rock show. The Van Weezer material, of course, 
big rock show, big rock sound, completely done for that reason, which is neat. So, okay, human fell by the wayside. So what happened was, of course, the pandemic happened. Van Weezer actually gets shelved for the time being because they can't tour under it. So, okay, human gets back on the front burner. So they finish it, put it out, have it ready for the beginning of 2021. And then they kind of did the wait and see on the second album. So that there you have it. That's what happens when you get involved in making multiple albums. Weird shit happens. But in the sense, they kind of had one ready to go uh, for a non-touring era. So good for them. I went a long way for that, but I probably won't have that much insight on all the other. But I'll just see what happens as we go. So let's finally get to the music here. All my favorite songs we have played on the show before, albeit the live version. But definitely going to go, as I do with all of these, I'm going to go with my favorite song on each album for sure. With a few exceptions where I might play something I think represents the album better for a first-time listener. But unless I say so, just going to go with what I feel is the best song on the album in order to entice you to buy it. So, to represent Weezer's OK Human, here's one that comes towards the end of the album. Great song right here. This one's called Bird with a Broken Wing. Flying in the air, looking at the sea below. I was hunting crowd. Diving down in a flash I'd scoop them up, crashing in my mandible. It was such a thrill. Nothing matters. 
kicking off the show here today. And of course, kicking off our Top 40 Albums Countdown of 2021, that was Weezer and the song Bird with a Broken Wing from the OK Human album. I'll try to do this between each song as well, because I want to get you in the right direction here. So, I'm going to say this countdown is officially, unofficially sponsored by Good Records and GoodRecords.com. So, if I know pretty much for a fact that you can get it there and they stock it regularly, I'll give them a little shout out here because I like the guys. Especially you, Chris Penn, looking at you. But yes, I do know for a fact that if you liked that song, you can purchase Weezer's OK Human at GoodRecords2Go.com. Tell them Joey sent you. Okay. And, you know, by the way, not for nothing, but none of these Weezer albums come with a download code. So if you want to get it in your digital library as well, if you go to Bandcamp, there's a killer sale going on right now for the last six Weezer full-length albums, including the Teal album, by the way, if you don't have that. You can download their last six full-length releases for about 28 bucks right now, so go do that now if you're interested. It's got the White album on there, plus the Teal album, and those latest two albums. Worth it just for that. So that's all the excuse you need, in my opinion. Okay, moving on here to number 39. This one right here, one of the big, big surprises of 2021 musically. And, you know, I got to think this is one of those products of the pandemic. I feel like it is because just reading some interviews here and there and some articles, a lot of these people get inspired creatively. They're sitting around the house and something happens in their brain and they start making music. And that, that is a good thing. One of the few good things that came out of the pandemic for sure, because I got to think that's the case because this guy has not released any quote unquote popular music in a long time i'm talking about danny elfman he put out a new album called big mess on june 11th in 2021 his first album of popular music like rock music in 27 years the last oingo boingo album called boingo but then like his first solo album of popular rock music in 37 years like solo came out in 1984 that was his last pop rock solo album so he comes back swinging hard on this one right here. If I had discovered this earlier in the year, and I'm guilty of not really spending a lot of time with any of these albums, so kind of basing it off the rock and rank scoring system and a little bit of how often I'd go back to it. But anything that's in this top 40 does really well. It's got like, if you're doing the rock and rank point system, it starts like 82 is the lowest amount of points that any of these albums got. And of course, we go up to 100 at the end. Spoiler. But... This album is great, and it's proof positive how much of a near-genius Danny Elfman is. You know, he's been doing film score for forever, and of course that's how he makes his living. But, man, I'm glad he got back in the rock game. Like I said, he went in hard with this one. This is a, as you might think, it's very cinematic sounding. It's basically like some of his more demented scores, like his Tim Burton stuff, like his early stuff into like Nightmare Before Christmas, Beetlejuice, and that kind of stuff, mixed with like industrial hard rock. And I come to find out that Trent Reznor is going to be remixing some of these songs and there's going to be like a deluxe version of the album on vinyl. So I'm excited about that. That'll be really cool. I think Trip Reznor and a few other people have a hand in it. So I started looking over the personnel of this album. Come to find out there's even more Nine Inch Nails like crossover here. Robin Fink plays guitar on it and Josh Freeze plays drums on it. So yeah, and I love Josh, of course. He played in Nine Inch Nails, played for Guns N' Roses. Played in The Great Vandals, of course. And then I see here Warren Fitzgerald of The Vandals also plays guitar on this record. So even more to love about this album, it is, like I said, it's cinematic. It's also heavy. It's also not the easiest listen, but, you know, it's pure art right here for sure. And so my initial listen, 
this was my favorite song on the album. Come to find out that there is a really extra super demented music video of this as well to boot. So go check that video out at some point if, if you're going to brave it. As far as like really weird face videos, like that Genesis video, Mama, that really frightening video with Phil Collins' face. Yeah, he did a few of those like that. But yeah, this is kind of like that, but with a lot of extra special effects and a lot of weird visuals and symbolism and stuff like that. So yes, I've talked enough, so let's have the music do the talking. You'll recognize this as a Danny Elfman thing. It's not lost in any kind of style here. It's Danny Elfman all the way. So here you go. My favorite song off of Big Mess. This is Happy.
for an eye, eye for an eye Tickety-tackety, tickety-tackety, eye for an eye Tooth for the tooth, never enough and it's never the truth Life is a dream, so pretty and pink Youth is wasted on the mother, youth is, youth is wasted on the mother Youth is wasted on the motherfucking, wasted on the motherfucking youth by Danny Elfman right there off of his latest full-length album. And I do mean full-length, as in it's an hour and 15 minutes back into the CD era with our time length. That album, Big Mess. I really dig it. I think you should check it out. Once again, I'm going to promote Bandcamp. I'm going to do a lot of Bandcamp promoting now and probably in the future because just hearing from all these other artists, Bandcamp pays the highest royalty rate and they're pretty artist-friendly. They do the Bandcamp Friday promotion. So you should definitely be about Bandcamp and get an account and buy music off of there. I really dig the option of being able to buy the physical and getting a download at the same time. Best of both worlds right there. And come to see right here, I just logged onto Danny Elfman's Bandcamp page. The Some of the remixes I spoke about that are coming out soon physically, you can already check them out on Bandcamp. Like Trent Reznor did a remix of the song True on Big Mess. It's out there right now. The Kid 606 remix is out. So yeah, you know, Square Pusher. Those things are on there if you so decide to check them out. Or just, of course, wait for the physical and buy it at your local record store as well. We like both things here. We definitely preach physical here, but also there's some good legal download options as well. I'm talking like I got in trouble recently. I didn't. I'm just trying to do the right thing here. In case I get popped. Right, sure, why not? Okay. Someone who's always up to trouble, especially lately, is Justin Hawkins. Have you been checking out his YouTube channel? It's called Justin Hawkins Rides Again. He's He doesn't give a shit anymore. Like I don't know if he ever did, but he just goes out there and says what he thinks on his YouTube channel. This is either like one of those things where his management is encouraging it or is completely pulling their hair out about it. I'm not quite sure, but I love it. I, I can't get enough of Justin Hawkins Rides Again. So that, of course, leads in to album number 38 here of 2021. The album is called Motorheart. It is the brand new album, the seventh album by The Darkness. Darkness on a decent roll lately, ever since their comeback album, Last of Our Kind. Just uh, pretty much on fire. Pinewood Smile is the only one that was kind of just eh for me. Everything else has been pretty damn solid. So The Darkness is basically just kind of getting into that thing with me where I'm almost taking them for granted. Just expecting them to put out an album every couple of years and it'd be super listenable and... That's kind of where I'm at with them, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm excited. If they make it out here, I'm definitely going to go see the show. They're scheduled to be here like in a month or so, so that, that'll be fun. I, I've seen them before at the House of Blues. That was a great show. So yeah, I enjoy me some darkness. Always a good time. Uh, they didn't really break any new ground on this record, but I do appreciate the last few albums. They've been kind of easing in some of the 80s nuances. You know, I think they've kind of done the 70s thing to death, and nothing wrong with that for sure. They could do 70s all day as far as I care, but I'm really enjoying the added element of the 80s stuff, especially in the post-comeback era. Oh, and before I get to my favorite song on the album, might as well say this album came out on November 19th 
of 2021, co-produced by Dan Hawkins, the guitar player and brother of Justin, and also produced by Ian Norfolk. So yeah, there you go. Okay, so back to my whole thing about them sounding a little more 80s. Probably the most 80s song on the record, and also my favorite song on the record is this one right here, so check it out. This is Speed of the Nighttime.
Alright, Darkness right there. Love that song. Speed of the Nighttime. Musically, that song sounds like it could be on like a Rebel Yell or something like that. I love that. So yeah, that's the last song on the proper vinyl release. If you get the physical CD version or you stream it, there's like three extra songs at the end of that. And uh, yes, they're also on Bandcamp as well. So yes, Motorheart by The Darkness, number 38. Coming in at number 37 right here. Another comeback for me. At least this album got decently on my radar this year. It really gave me retro feels for this band for the first time in a long time. And they've been pretty damn consistent. They haven't gone away. And I always... There's another band, talking about the Darkness, another band I've really just been taking for granted over the last couple of decades, honestly. I've been up and down with them in my fandom. Not because they've really done anything to upset me. Just, you know, they just, they're just they just around and sometimes they make a noise with me and sometimes they don't. That's just how it is. There's only so much time and so many bands and so many albums if you're trying to get it all. So yeah, Ministry coming in hot here at number 37. Their latest album came out on October 1st of 2021, produced by Michael Rosan. This one's called Moral Hygiene. And I gotta say, the only album on this list and probably the only album in the history of music that'll boast guest appearances by Jello Biafra, David Ellefson, and the Arabian Prince from NWA and the Posse. Remember that guy? If you're like me, yeah. Big ups. Arabian Prince. How about that? So, yeah. David, Jello, Arabian Prince. It all makes sense. At least in the land of ministry, it does. And, you know, hearing Jello sing, you know, with ministry backing him up, total flashback to Lard. And I, I completely expect a Lard album. I really expected one ever since Trump happened, you know, but we haven't gotten one. That's crazy. That, that should have happened by now. But... They made up a little bit here with, you know, kind of a new large song on the album. That's really cool as well. That's not the one I'm going to play. I'm going to play this one right here. As it turns out, this was kind of the song they were using to promote the record. So it makes sense. Total Psalm 69 flashback for me on here. And that's not a bad thing, of course. I dig it. And, you know, if you go even deeper on this album, it even falls along the line of mostly my politics. This one's kind of in neutral gear. <laughs> Believe it or not, it actually is. This one's kind of almost the centrist song. And it's still like things are fucked up. So yeah, things are fucked up. But yeah, let's just give it up for ministry. And you got you know you gotta turn it up. So here you go. The song is called Good Trouble. Here you go.
right, there you go. Ministry showing you how they've always done it. And they do it well. I, you know, I mentioned Arabian Prince earlier. I find it very funny that the song that actually has a Fuck the Police chant on it does not feature Arabian Prince from the NWA. He was on the opening track and not that track. So it's a nice how do you do right there. <laughs> gives you, But it gives you an idea of what the album's going to be about. Obviously, if you don't agree with it, you don't agree with it. So whatever. So ministry, moral hygiene. And here's something that I've probably never said on the show after this part right here. So this one's not available on vinyl currently. I'm assuming it's on the horizon. The factories are just all fucked up right now. Everybody's backed up. And then everybody's got to step aside whenever Taylor Swift or Adele put out a record. But that all being said, you know, yeah, money talks, greasy palms, all that stuff. But I'm assuming one is coming out. But if you would like to purchase that album physically, of course, yes, you can stream it and you can download it. You can get it off of Bandcamp as well. But now available on Nuclear Blast CDs and cassettes. Yes, you can buy a cassette copy of the new ministry, but you can't buy a vinyl version. Sign o the times. All right. Next up, this was a surprise for me, and I have nothing against this artist at all. I'm actually a decent fan of this guy. I've just never given him that massive shot as a solo artist. I'm going to give a decent amount of credit here, actually a heavy amount of credit, to Baco of Cobras and Fire, thanks to his Whatever Nevermind series, really put an extra spotlight on how great this guy is and how important he is. And he's definitely a classic figure. Borderline iconic at this point, you know, not quite there. But he's a classic, classic artist. So, we can say alternative icon, right? Okay, so I'm talking about Jerry Cantrell. So, let me do you a little about Jerry Cantrell and how I've perceived him. Obviously, I really dug all the Alice in Chains records. I just really never gave him the proper shot as a solo artist, like I said before. And all my opinion and judgment is strictly based off of, like, the Cut You In song, which, you know, I guess isn't a bad song overall, but I just <laughs> didn't buy Boggy Depot based on that. Because I was like, oh, this is Alice in Chains Light. It doesn't have any of the X factor that Lane Staley brings to it. But, I mean, honestly, that's not being fair in a lot of ways, and I realize that now, now that I'm a little, quote, older and wiser. So I've come to realize, judging Jerry Cantrell on the basis of it's not Alice in Chains, and getting mad about Jerry Cantrell sounding like Alice in Chains, is like getting mad at Getty Lee's solo album for sounding like Rush. It's just stupid to think of it that way, and it's like, get over yourself, you know. So yes, fine with it now. I, I haven't gone down the catalog yet, but I, I'm definitely interested to check out Degregation Trip, thanks to whatever, never mind. But what I did was I at least got current here for 2021, and I checked out Jerry Cantrell's latest album. The album is called Brighton, and man, this is a really good album. Came out October 29th of 2021, self-produced by Jerry Cantrell and co-produced by Tyler Bates. And also, the other thing that really led me into this album... Duff McKagan's been talking about this album a lot on his radio show in Ozzy's Boneyard, Three Chords and the Truth. I love that show. He always plays amazing stuff. And I'm not trying to sound like a braggart when I say this, but if there's a show that is even remotely close to being like Rock Strikes 10 on Sirius XM, it's Three Chords and the Truth. So that all being said, Duff was talking about how Jerry Cantrell is like a really good friend of his. They both live in Seattle currently again. And he went over to Jerry's house a lot. And Jerry's just like his football friend. He goes over and they have their mandate and they watch football 
And during the pandemic, Jerry was like, hey, would you mind playing on a couple of these songs? It started with, hey, listen to these demos. Hey, would you mind playing on it? That kind of thing. I'm sure that's how all these things happen for the most part. So Duff McKagan's like, yeah, I played on a, a handful of songs on this album. Jerry did all the bass on the rest. Yeah, he started playing a tone on there. I'm like, man, that is a fucking good song. So that, and then I find out listening to the album, the last track on there, Elton John cover of Goodbye. Awesome. And there's been this like crazy Elton John connection with Allison Change for the last few years. He was on their record and blah, blah, blah. So all these neat things kind of just made a perfect storm. This album is really, really, really good. So if you had the same hangups that I did about Jerry Cantrell's solo stuff, I still can't speak to the other solo albums, but I can absolutely 100% recommend that you check out the Brighton record. It is really good. And this one really surprised me right here. Super catchy song, bordering on country. Sounds like a country song, but man, is it so good. It's just, you know, and it's not like Alice in Chains. It is and it isn't. This is way too upbeat for Alice in Chains. It's way too full of hope. <laughs> so, but yeah, check this one out. This will give you another side of things. This is Jerry Cantrell. The song is called Prism of Doubt.
All right, Jerry Cantrell right there with Prism of Doubt from his brand new record, Brighton. I recommend you check it out. Don't see him on Bandcamp, and even if you go to like his Warner page, there's no records to buy on there. But the album's out there on vinyl for sure. I've seen it out and about. There's like tons of color variations. Those are going out of style quickly. So if you're into the color thing, buy it now. And don't be picky about your color either. Uh, there's like 12-inch versions of a tone out there. It's There's a lot to get out there. But yeah, I just recommend you get a copy for sure. All right, moving on here. There's a band that I've never actually listened to any of their records until 2021. And I still haven't heard their earlier offerings. But I've heard their latest one and I really dig it. It made it up here onto the countdown. Talking about a band called Turnstile. This band's labeled as like basically a hardcore punk band, but I don't hear a lot of that in the album. There's definitely some of the attitude, but they've definitely gone into hybrid mode here. But I dig that, and you're going to hear other instances of that on the countdown. So it's an exciting year for bands to kind of get out of their bubble. At least that's what I've perceived here in 2021. So this album called Glow On by Turnstile. It's their third studio album. It was released on August 27th, 2021, and it was produced by Mike Elizondo. It was known as like a pop and hip hop producer, by the way. But I guess maybe that's another thing that they added to the mix to make this different. But man, yeah, I enjoy this record. It's definitely a nice short trip. So I've never played them on the show ever. This is going to be their debut here on Rock Strikes 10. But I dig it, and I want to play this one right here because this one immediately stuck out to me. I believe it's the second song on the record. And as a production nerd, I immediately said, ooh, that's Scott Ian's guitar tone right there. And to the point where I looked up to see if he was actually playing on the track. It's not him. Uh, there's nobody guessing on here that I noticed by name, so it, it's just the band as far as I'm concerned here. But yeah, I think this is a really cool record, so it's got a little bit of everything on here. And it skews young, but that shouldn't scare you. It didn't scare me. So let's have a go at it. This is Turnstile, and the song is called Blackout.
Turnstile right there. Song was Blackout from the album Glow On. Go check that out. Uh, on their website, it looks like they just have the CD and the download for sale for 10 bucks a piece. But uh, yeah, definitely go to that goodrecordstogo.com. Sign up for notifications for when the vinyl is back in print. Because it should be at any point, sooner than later. Okay, moving on from youth culture all the way to inspired veterans right here. The Dead Daisies. And Dead Daisies have a handful of records out. They already have a handful of lead singers. I believe they're on their third lead singer, as far as I can remember. I know that John Karabi has now been replaced by Glenn Hughes. I guess John's contract ran out. I love John. But I do love Glenn Hughes as well. I don't think Karabi would be that upset about this guy coming in. Because, you know, how do you replace a super powerful lead singer like John Karabi? You definitely get somebody like a Glenn Hughes. That's a hell of a compliment, I gotta say. That's gotta feel way better than getting benched for Vince Neil. So, I love you, John. So, yes, Dead Daisies, they got a new record out. It's called Holy Ground. It came out on 12121, produced by Ben Gross. And that's basically the headline right there. Glenn Hughes on the lead vocals, and of course you get him as a bass player too. So, really, that's a money saver right there. And the money thing's always thrown around a lot when you talk about the Dead Daisies, rightfully so. But I gotta say, probably because of the whole, like, it's a bought-and-paid-for band that I feel like at least I do. I kind of judge it based on that. But, man, the music speaks for itself. It's a pretty fucking strong rock album. Doug Aldrich does really great with the songwriting. And once again, Glenn Hughes bring in the freaking power to the vocals and the bass and all that stuff. It's a great-sounding record. I, I gotta recommend it. Yeah, it comes in here at number 34 on the countdown. I mean... Even if you're not a Dead Daisies guy, if you're a Glenn Hughes guy like me, you're going to love this record, because how could you not? Plus, you know, a little cover of Humble Pie's 30 Days in the Hole, putting their cover song obligation out there. So another cool thing checked off is hearing Glenn Hughes do Steve Marriott. Man, that's a rock boner right there. But yes, check out my favorite original on this album here, Holy Ground. This one's called Like No Other, and in parentheses, it's called Baseline. And they do mention the word bassline in the song, but obviously the bassline on this is pretty ridiculous. So, yeah, check it out. Dead Daisies, like no other. Bassline, turn it up.
And the Dead Daisies right there with Like No Other Baseline from their new album Holy Ground, available on SPV Records and CDs. Now we move on to number 33 on the countdown here. And what year is this? Because I swear I've talked about this band on multiple countdowns. Yes, I talked about this band on the best albums of 1991 and the best albums of 2001. And I'm talking about them once again on the best albums of 2021 and they freaking deserve it la guns right here speaking of great european singers man phil lewis along with his la cohort la guns cohort tracy guns it is not an la guns record unless phil and tracy are on it i've said that before i will continue to say that over and over again any person in their right mind would agree with that but yes checkered past They've been on a decent roll here with their new albums. I've really enjoyed their last handful of records, of course, with the Phil and Tracy reunion finally happening and making up for lost times with this handful of great new records to check out. Notwithstanding, Checkered Past coming in here at number 33. This album just made it under the wire. Came out on December 10th of 2021. Produced by Tracy Gunn, so, you know, self-produced. They also got a killer lineup going on right now. The great Scott Coogan on drums. Ace Von Johnson on guitar, Johnny Martin on bass. This is a really tight band, and it really shines on this record right here. Once again, I love when rock veterans are inspired to put out something this good this late in their career. That's another reason just to buy it physically. And of course, yes, you can get this on Frontiers. Frontiers has been all in with this new reunion lineup of LA Guns, and I'm happy about it. You can get a vinyl, you can get a CD, you can get a download, all that good stuff. I'm going to get that plug out of the way. Once again, check this record out. And further proof that my favorite song on every L.A. Guns album cannot clock in in any less than five minutes. It just has to be that way for some reason. So here's a five and a half minute one right here. My favorite song on the record. This is Let You Down. (laughs) 
Man, I love that song more and more every time I hear it. Such a good track. Let You Down by LA Guns off their new album, Checkered Past. Go check that one out. I'm putting this one in the universe right there because I don't know about you, and I might sound crazy here, but to me that sounds like the better half of the Deftones catalog. And I would love nothing more than one of the kings of covers, the Deftones, to do a version of that song. They wouldn't have to change much about it either. I would love that. I may have to do some online troll tweeting just to get them to do it. That would be something else, I gotta say. So, if you're on board with that, let me know. (laughs) Alright, this one right here, a debut on Rock Strikes 10. And this band really just snuck up on me here. Even though this album did come out on April 16th of 2021, I gotta say, I have long said for years and years that the worst side of things are in the comments section. And that is true 99% of the time. But there's that instance, there's that one instance sometimes where it pays off to read the comments. Maybe not so much on YouTube, but like, you know, I think this was on like, you know, Classic Rock Magazine or Ultimate Classic Rock, one of those Classic Rock Facebook pages. And it, it pays off to listen to people sometimes and just to take your time to read. So simple enough, it was like one of those survey questions just to get people to comment which is a really smart thing to do because people like myself and a lot of others love nothing more than they get their opinions out there so it was a simple question what's like the best album of the year so far or maybe it was even something deeper like what's the best album that people don't know about so far this year so I got my notes out and anything that I saw that even sounded you know, especially if they talked it up a little bit and I responded to it, I wrote down the album and I listened to it. I, I at least sampled it. This was one of the big winners out of that. This was news to me. Apparently this band's been around for a little bit, I, I guess at least a decade maybe. They got a handful of records out, like five or six full length. So I'm going to be doing a dive on these guys. And a band from Iceland of all places. I don't know if I've played any bands from Iceland on Rock Strikes 10. I don't know of any other bands from Iceland, like besides the Sugar Cubes from 100 years ago, but this band right here, they're called the Vintage Caravan. They have a new album out called Monuments, and it's coming in here at number 32 of the year. Once again, this might have done even better if I had spent all year with it, but for right now, it's 32, so bear with me. The fact that it made the top 40 means that it is excellent. So they get tagged as a prog band, but... I don't think that's very fair because it's like in the same way that like Rush was a prog band at the height of their commercial success. These guys clearly write good songs. It's not just about how well you can play. They play very well, but they actually write really good, compelling songs. And it's it's got a vintage feel, but it's got a modern feel to it. I, I can't quite put my finger on where they're leaning. They're obviously traditionalists, but I, I love that they're young and this is great. So check it out once again they're called the vintage caravan the album is called monuments Uh, it's available via napalm records there's cds there's vinyl there's downloads all that good stuff they're on this album is on bandcamp so check it out if you buy it on bandcamp you know i'd say this for all this if you buy the album on bandcamp leave a comment in there that says you heard on the rock strikes 10 podcast i would love that send me a screenshot all that jazz i'll send you something i'm gonna say it again they're called vintage caravan the album is called monuments and this song right here is called whispers enjoy
if you could debut on an album's countdown here on Rock Strikes 10 as your debut entry here, then I think that's a huge win. Vintage Caravan, the album is Monuments. Check it out. Okay, last song of the night here. Number 31, and as it stands here, as of just a few days ago of this recording, this now serves as the band's farewell album. As sad as it is, absolutely without a doubt in the top 10 live bands I have ever seen. They called it a day officially a few years ago. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, their latest and last studio offering for the time, is called When God Was Great. It came out on May 7th of 2021, co-produced by Ted Hutt and Tim Armstrong, head of Hellcat Records, which it's on Hellcat Records. Easily enough, Tim Armstrong of Rancid, of course, in case you didn't know that. And they went out with a great album here. It really is one of their best albums in a long time. So no complaints, not a whole lot to say. I actually was originally going to play The Killing of Georgie Part 3 as a representative to this album, but in light of their hanging it up, and also in light of the fact that this is the closing song of the night, I think this one works the best. This is the closing track on the record. It's a pure, not only celebration of the band itself, but of the scene that they really led. And that is an absolute fact. So this is them paying tribute to the ones that came before them and the ones that followed afterwards, because all eras and all generations, they all appear on this track doing guest vocals. It's a nice, epic ska dance jam, and it's like a perfect block party song. So here you go, closing off the show, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and a cast of dozens with the final parade. Respect. Okay. 
Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and the last song on their last album, God Was Great, number 31 on the top 40 albums of 2021. Notable people on that track, in case you didn't notice, Tim Armstrong, Amy Interrupter from The Interrupters, Stranger Cole, Trojan Records legend right there. Speaking of legends, Angelo Moore, Fishbone's on there. John Feldman of Goldfinger is in there in the mix somewhere. There's so many people on it. Just go look up the song if you dig it. There's a fun animated video on YouTube also, by the way. I recommend that as well. And also kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit. I found pro shot footage of them playing at the Roseland in New York in 1997. That's the tour I saw them on the first time. That was, of course, the Let's Face It tour. I was on stage that night during Do Something Crazy. That'll be a story for another time. But great pro footage of that. Look up that Roseland stuff. You can find Boss Tones and Amy Interrupter doing Rudy Can't Fail on YouTube. There's just a lot of stuff to go check out. Like I said before, if you can find live footage of them especially, that's the stuff you want to check out. They have great videos too, of course, like Hell of a Hat and Kinder Words. But I love the Boss Tones. I'm going to miss them. So I'm almost inspired to do like maybe a full catalog special at some point. If you'd like to hear that, let me know. I might just do it anyway. But that's going to do it for tonight. Join me in a day or so, maybe a couple of days. I'm going to try to really put some extra effort like I did on this one into the top 40 because, like I said, they're important shows to me, just the overall tone and nature and history of the show. This is my Super Bowl, if I could use a sports analogy, or Super Bowl, as Meatwad would say. So it's cute that you say that because you're stupid. Okay, join me in a few days. Going to start number 30 through 21. And these are really, really, really phenomenal records, in my opinion. And as the countdown rule dictates, it's only going to get better. So you're going to have to tune in to find out what's left. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the new plugs and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, 
Have fun. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.